Uh, so I know I do this uh, a lot, but the other day my child was playing uh, Fortnite in the other room. Oh, God. And I guess what's going on, yeah, like, and he's actually not too bad at it. Like, he's way better than me, which is not saying much, but he, like, he's gotten first place out of, like, the deathmatch somehow. Wow. I started but, playing it too, but I don't know that I want to play against your son because he seems savage. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So, like, right now they're doing, like, the Darth Vader thing, right? Uh-huh. So, like, he's not paying money for this. Or I'm not paying money for this, I guess would be the way to say. But I hear him in the other room, and I guess something happened with the Darth Vader, and I believe either him or his friend was wearing the banana costume that you mm-hmm. see. And I hear him say, it's over, Bananakin. I have the high ground through his door. <laughs> Bananakin. What? It's over, Bananakin. Awesome. I have the high ground. And I was so proud. I think I just wow. collapsed on the floor weeping in joy. Did he make that up or did he hear I that don't somewhere? Know. I have no idea. I, I actually, before I even mentioned it, I like looked it up to see if somebody else had said it. It was like a YouTuber or something like that. The only thing I found was someone that made like a Lego set and took like the that battle and replaced um, Anakin with the banana guy in the Lego thing, toys. Mm-hmm. But if he came up with that on his own, I'm impressed. If he stole it from a YouTuber, I don't care. I'm still impressed. Anyway, you guys weren't listening to Bananakin puns. Uh, you are listening to the Gibby Five Podcast, episode 253. Five podcast. We try to be semi-entertaining. We do talk about entertaining things, and there's been a lot of awesome stuff to talk about recently. So, we're going to get right into it and talk about streaming stuff and movies and all of the cool stuff that is finally coming out, and maybe some news, and maybe some Florida, and whatever other random stuff uh, you know pops up. My name is Morpheus, and I'm joined by a name that I can't say. Kai Chikol? Kai Cole? Kai Cole. Kai Cole. We'll say that. Hello. And Oneros. Hi. Hi. I'll be your Sandman today. How is everything, guys? All good? Amazing. It is good. And it is a video. I'm looking at the YouTube video right now. Obi-Wan is a potato. Oh, that's so good. And Anakin is a banana. Yeah, but I don't know if he would have seen that. And the title is actually, It's Over Bananakin, I Have the High Ground. (laughs) But still, it's excellent. Yeah. Next week, he's going to yell Leroy Jenkins. (laughs) Right, he's like going to full-on gamer nerd. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. (laughs) So proud. Uh, This week, we're going to talk about all of the cool stuff that came out, including Bullet Train... Uh, Netflix is the Sandman, and the new Hulu release, Prey, which is, of course, about the Predators. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So that being said, this is a review show. Guess what's going to happen? We're going to spoil some stuff. We'll try try to avoid major twists. But, I mean, if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet... It, 
you might not want to do that. You might want to listen or you might want to go watch it and then come back later and listen. But you have been warned. Okay, news. Is there any news? Well, celebrity. Death. there's a little bit of depressing news. Oh. Sorry. A Go legend on. is gone. A legend? A legend, yeah. Sandy. Oh. Yeah, I hate Greece with every fiber of my being. Okay, so you're not seeing eye to eye on this is what I'm getting. <laughs> I do enjoy... Uh, short blonde hair, possibly because of the physical video. I was going to say, I mean, that that wasn't all that she did, but that was one of her biggest things. Yeah. So, oh, we each have a different Olivia Newton-John. Yours is, yours, your refer- your big reference is Grease. Mine is the physical video. Mm-hmm. Uh, Omar, is there any reference to Olivia Newton-John that won't get you arrested? I'll take any. I'm game. <laughs> I know that Omar has a poster of her in her leather pants on his wall. I do I'm not say that. I don't. But not where his daughters can see no. it anyway. <laughs> it's on the inside door of his closet. Yeah. It's so funny to see like when I saw the headlines about her cuz you know, you just you grow up with certain people in in pop culture and they're just always they always look a certain way. So when she died and she was in her 70s, right? If I recall, yeah. seventy three. It's just it's mind blowing. There's yeah. there's no way she's twenty five like forever. <laughs> it's, a, it's just it's odd. It's it's very surreal. Yeah, seemed like an absolute wonderful person when you hear all the people talk about her and some of the charity works and stuff that she did. Her foundation. Yeah, uh, we are not entirely. We're pretty sure that we didn't do this because in the past we have been known to talk about somebody only to find out the news soon thereafter. Um, although. I do have an, a pool raft that we discussed that we, at the little like Jaws watching thing called um, Olivia uh, was it Olivia Newton Llama because mm-hmm. she it's a sparkly rainbow colored um, llama and we were I did mention that about two yeah, weeks well, ago. You should probably clarify that when you said we didn't do this. Yes, meaning well, we weren't responsible for this. We weren't responsible for this one. We don't think because in the past we have, as I said, we have talked. I don't know about people, and then I'm s- we log off, and it's like, oh, that person we just covered on the podcast died. So, or that show just got canceled. No, I think I'm sorry, but I think Olivia Newton Llama counts. Sorry, <sighs> shut your. Mouth. We also did not talk about chocolate talk, Choco Tacos, which also got canceled. Yeah, oh, that's right. What you didn't hear about that? Yeah. Klondike no. is no longer making Choco Tacos. Yep. But that has already happened. We are not responsible. Yeah, that's been like two weeks, maybe three. Yeah. I think so we lost find one. <laughs> you find one, save it forever. I've got, I've got to run to the store. I'll be right back. I've never actually had one. What? I, I, I never had I, one. I don't understand what you're saying. I hear you saying words. Is that English? I was just going to say it. I hear they're in English, but I don't understand the combination of it, the words. I usually, for a long time, didn't like uh, nuts in my food. Okay. Well, I know what you're yeah. going to say there. <laughs> Let's not stretch the truth. That's my here. fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which is why I never leave the table when Robbie's so. <laughs> uh, no, that's not right. So, yeah. So, I, I – it's only been recent, like, since the pandemic, where I finally decided to start getting the, like, hot fudge sundae with the nuts and all that kind of stuff, and – I did not get a chance to try Choco Taco, so I will try. And they're probably sold out now. to that as a Rob. 
Rob style. Yes. <laughs> Rob, hold the like phone. I'm ordering an In N Out burger. I'd like a Sunday Rob style, please. <laughs> okay, we'll get our nuts. Anyway, that, that is not really the news we want to talk about here. So we um, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. I, I do apologize for talking about Rob's nuts instead of eulogizing <laughs> you. Wow. But of of people that I would like to have haunt me, that's probably in the top ten, so we're good. Yeah, that, there you go. that, that took a turn. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I Well, I was going to ask you, because oh. we talked a week or so ago about um, the last ep- or the second to last episode of Orville. And the and they just released the last episode last week, and I was going to see if you had caught up with it, but I guess you have not. I have not had a chance. You had you're still halfway through that episode, like a week and a half later, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, was it just because you forgot about it? No, no, no. It's um, there's a few reasons. One, the Woodstock three part documentary came out, which I also haven't finished, but the first two episodes, and as I mentioned, I think I don't know. I don't think we were recording at the time, but that type of thing like is one of those things that really actually affects me because I could very easily have been there um, dealing with all of the hell. And so I was watching that slowly. And then on top of it last week, um, there was a COVID, there was a COVID outbreak in towers too, but you weren't, I mean, (laughs) yeah, but like when you see something like that, you've seen a million times because I've been to hundreds of concerts that like, you see how badly and how easily it can go bad poorly. You get just a little, I don't know, I get a little bit nervous. Um, I hadn't even been to New York at the point of 9-11, although it's, that still affects me too. But that's one reason. The other, the other reason was there was a COVID outbreak at my child's camp. So he, one, couldn't go back to camp. He didn't catch it, knock on wood. But also um, he couldn't go back to camp, so he had to be home. So I couldn't really watch. Um, I totally stuff. thought you said he won. No, no, no. He won. He didn't go back to camp. <laughs> yeah. no, so like he, he couldn't go back. He couldn't go time. back. Couldn't go back. And they were out of counselors because all of them had it. And uh, mm. so I, I couldn't watch most stuff because he was going to be home. So that's that is why. Well, we can do that half of the Orville and then the season finale together. Yeah, we'll do that. Like probably next yeah. week. I'll try to get it done. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, is that uh, that is all of the news? Um, yeah, it's kind of light on Newsday. Okay, I did see, and this is from Nerdist, I believe, that they're doing a. All right, I'll say the actor first. Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. is reported to be in a remake of Roadhouse. Oh, I did hear about that. I saw that. I don't know how to run. I'm not. I don't. I. Uh, I'm in a reserve judgment until I see it. Because it could be. You never know. You know. You don't agree, do you? <laughs> uh, I've never seen Roadhouse. Whoa. So. <coughs> what? I'm sorry. Holy crap, Greg! I've never seen. It's okay. I've, I've okay. never been a Patrick Swayze guy. Wow. Roadhouse is um. It's the ultimate, uh, you know, your manly man '80s dude movie. Yeah, it is. It is a pretty good flick. Like it's a fun. I am movie. awful at being a dude, though. But it's it's a it's it's just a fun movie. Like it's a good. Yeah. It's kind of like a, my favorite thing about Roadhouse is the Family Guy. Roadhouse oh, thing. so good! <laughs> oh, I just saw that the other day. Um, 
Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I, 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 I mean, I recommend checking out the movie if you haven't, you know, obviously if you haven't, but um, it's pretty kick-ass. So now Jake Gyllenhaal, who knows with these things. I, I didn't read anything about it. I don't know how far along it is. But um, I'll reserve judgment. I mean, you never know, you know. The last Batman movie, everyone thought, really? You're going to get the guy from Twilight to play Batman? And it seemed to turn out pretty well, so you never know. Lady Gaga is going to be Harley Quinn in the next Joker. That's right. And it's going to really? be a musical, because yeah. I'm pretty sure the whole thing is taking place in his head. You think? Just a guess. It's like a dream, like a... Because it's... I'm pretty sure it's going to take place in the mental institution where the Joker gets brought. So interesting. That's okay. There you go. I did not. I have nothing to do with the movie. I did not write the movie. Um, well, but that's just a guess. Anyway, uh, well, we live in a state <laughs> that certain times of the year we are we've got a large amount of New Yorkers here bothering us, and other times of year we have a large amount of mosquitoes here bothering us. And in between and all the time, we've got alligators and meth addicts. And Floridians. And dumb people <laughs> bothering us. Um, so we talk about those people here in the safety of our own podcast. And uh, we're going to actually talk about – last week we had someone that got arrested for drunk driving on a, um, a cart, like a uh, one of those shopping carts, right? Mobile one? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Crashed this... a cart into a uh, – into a, uh... Aisle. Yes. So uh, this week we're going to stick with the cart theme, and uh, I believe it's also yeah, and and the alcohol theme. Uh, but this time, instead of in the safety of a grocery store, Walmart, etc., we're going to talk about I ninety five. Oh, I ninety five. Not a place to move slowly. You know, not a place to be moving fifteen miles per hour in a battery powered vehicle. Um, it's. <laughs> is, in fact, a place uh, to go really fast, obviously. But um, so a woman uh, was arrested after she drove a golf cart on I-95 in southern Brevard County. A trucker, thank you, trucker, uh, pulled her over and tried to take away her keys while waiting for Florida Highway to patrol. Um, In the cart, she had an open bag of Jack Daniels, uh, (laughs) or she had an open uh, bottle of Jack Daniels in her bag. Uh, Diane Hawk, kind of a badass name. I guess I know. she probably should get a, like a mo- she should have a motorcycle, not a golf cart. A Barefoot Bay resident is facing resistance of disorderly intoxication and resisting arrest without violence. A 58 year old woman has been released from jail since her arrest. Uh, this is on Saturday night, and uh, she was at the uh, Palm Bay Malabar exit, which I've driven by many times, at about 75 miles an hour, if not more, uh, with golf carts just bouncing off the front of my car. Um. Anyway, she uh. A truck driver, a female truck driver, they actually had to say that. Female truck driver identified as Janessa Josefina Caba saw him, saw Hawk passing out at the wheel. Mm. Used the semi truck she was driving to guide the much smaller vehicle off the road. Um, That's impressive, actually, to like delicately put it, you know, nudge it off the road without completely squashing it. Um, So uh, when the, let's see, when the the police came and asked to show a driver's license or ID, uh, please say she gave him a restaurant card, like a punch card from a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that works, right? Like, I've never been like that, that drunk to where like I would completely lose all sense of everything, like where I was. I don't know. Well, she was too away from a cargo uh, ice cream cone, so 
I don't blame her. Yeah, right. And that's screw. That sucks. Now she has to start over. <laughs> like how how many? Uh, what was the what's the big Carvel? Uh, how many fudgy the whales? Fudgy the whales. Does she have to get now? <laughs> does she have to get to be able to get her her ice cream cone? Um, out of concern for her safety, one trooper searched her bag, finding the open bet jottle of Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire whiskey. Ah, oh, that's uh, why it was the Tennessee Fire version. There you go. Oh. Most uh, most bad nights start with that. Um. Anyway, they they brought her to prison, and her next court date is August twenty second. So, congratulations! She is our Florida person of the week. I forget her name, and the the thing that I have to pay for the rest of the article <laughs> popped up because I reloaded Hawk. it. Diane Hawk, thank you. Yeah, you said it was an awesome name. I did say it was an awesome name, but then it was gone. So, uh, speaking of awesome people sponsoring our show, the reason why we do this. Mm-hmm. Our patrons. Anyone would like to tell any tell our lovely listeners about our patrons? That'd be awesome. About who are they? Well, all of them are awesome. Who is it? All of our patrons are Where awesome. am I? <laughs> Who's got my bottle of Jack Daniels? You need all those cool people they're, they're fine. that I talked to in the They're Discord fine chat? people. Yeah. Those oh, people. Those they're very people. fine people, and one of them is a little bit shady. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, but he's on here with us, so. <laughs> no, 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 the the other one. Oh. Well, okay. For a mere five dollars, you can uh, hang out with us in the Discord chat. Uh, you get early access to the movie we're going to be reviewing. You get uh, early access to the top five list. You get a special birthday episode where we tell only true things about you. Nothing, nothing made up at all. Um, if you want to. Uh, participate in a higher range. You can get show notes access. You can cur- curate an episode. I, I said curate again. <laughs> an <episode>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can join us if you would like live in person. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, a few of our uh, curate with us. You can curate. <laughs> We're just curating all over ourselves. Um, it is a lot of fun. And we love when we have um, extra special guests on. So go to patreon.com. Slash give me five podcast. That's F I V E, not the number five. And join us. It's it's a great time, even though Greg's there. Like it still works. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what shall we talk about today? First, rather. Uh, let's see. What have we we got the Sandman, we've got Bullet Train, and we've got Pray. Let's. I, I think maybe we should save Prey till the end since we've all seen it. Perfect. I want to hear about Bullet Train. I'm not going to lie. I'm like all giddy about it. Okay, we're, well, let's start with the big budget film. Is that all right? All right. Well, all right, let's do it. So this weekend, um, Bullet Train actually was released on uh, the 5th. So it came out this past Friday. Uh, pretty big budget, actually. Uh, it's directed by David Leitch, and it does star Brad Pitt, Joey King, who actually, this is the second thing I've seen her in because uh, I just watched that. Uh, was it Netflix? The Netflix? No, it was Amazon Prime, The Princess, that was actually pretty good. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Andrew Koji, Hiro- oh, Hiroyuki Sanada, Michael Shannon, Sandra Bullock, Bad Bunny, Logan Lerman, and Zazy Beats. And the, the, the the basic story is that uh, Brad Pitt, he's an unlucky assassin. He's determined to do his job peacefully after he's had one too many jobs fall off the rails. Um, however, uh, 
there may be other things in the works as his mission puts him on a collision course with some adversaries from around the globe. All with well-connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train, hence bullet train. The end of the line is just the beginning, which is also this movie's tagline. Uh, it's nonstop. It's eh, it's a throw ride through modern day Japan, basically. And I I gotta say, this movie was a lot of fun. It was it was really entertaining from start to finish. By the way, make sure you stay for the final scene, which is like mid credits. And and believe it or not, that actually was my favorite single scene of the entire movie, that mid-credit scene. It's very reminiscent of movies like Snatch or uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Or uh, even The Gentleman, that recent movie, if you saw that with uh, Matthew McConaughey. And and uh, who else was in it? Colin Farrell and um, the guy from Sons of Anarchy. God, I can't remember his name right now. I've not, but anyway, that was a great movie also. But if you're a fan of movies like that, I can almost bet that you'll love this movie. Uh, There's a lot of moving parts in this, meaning that they're telling the stories of all the assassins simultaneously. And they kind of the 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 pacing and the cutaways and the storytelling in this movie just weave them all together perfectly. Um, one of the things that I loved about it was that the, the director noticeably makes great use of comedy and, and, um, basically slowing it down as a break in the action to allow the watchers to breathe. Because I know that you, I, I know that I, I'm pretty sure that Greg has had the same issue where I've had, I've got you, where you go into a movie and the movie is literally nothing but nonstop action. And you kind of get, over, you, you get bored with it after a while. Am I right? Yeah, if like if, if, if a fight scene is too long. If it's or... just in your face nonstop action for the entire movie, it's kinda like <sighs> Okay. Or a I'm car exhausted. chase goes on for like ten minutes. I'm know? exhausted from watching this. This needs to end. Yeah. Um the director noticeably makes great great use of pacing in that he slows the fight scenes down, and if the fight scene is going on kind of long there's a break in and the biggest example is, is actually in the, in the previews where uh, Brad Pitt and um, one of the, one of the other assassins, what's his name? Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who plays Tangerine in the movie. Um, they're having a fight in like the dining car or no, the, the stock car and the girl pushes her little cart in to like restock the cart. And they kind of stop fighting while she's in there. And she's asking him if they want anything from the cart. And he's like, oh, I'll have a sparkling water. <laughs> and he takes it and drinks it. And there's this this long pause in the action. And it's just hilarious the way it works out. And then after she goes off, the, it starts back up again. But it was perfect placing. And it broke up the action so, so perfectly that it just it just made it just made the whole scene work. Um, overall, I, it's... I think you're, sorry, but um, I think your mention of just some of those other movies that remind you of it, that's kind of what I got out of the trailer, having not seen it. And I was trying right. to explain it, because we were going to try, honestly, we were trying to see it, but mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. summer camp thing being canceled right. didn't help. So, I was, like, trying to explain it, and I, it's what I think, in my mind, it's one of those movies where, like, you'll be watching, like, a regular action movie, and, like, someone will get punched, and all of a sudden, they'll, like 
show what the punch is doing to the bones inside the head or they'll like do some little weird flashback or they'll do like some little like quirky edit or sound effect right like, like as the guy's in... head is snapping back it's a freeze frame and then you hear a voiceover on top of it how did i get here well yeah, you know, exactly. that, that, like kind, that of kind of stuff Those, i like that yeah. um yeah there's and i used to love movies like that those are the ones i would always put on um it's not people don't talk about this movie at all anymore although we have uh the big hit i used to love because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you could just like put it on had fun fight scenes it was fairly innocuous and then which one was the big hit Mark Wahlberg one. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, and yeah, so I was, I was really excited to try to see this, but just didn't get a chance. And I mean, if you like those types of movies, I would highly recommend that you go see this movie. Uh, it's, it's a wonderfully crafted movie. It's very well acted. It's very well directed. And the story is told fantastically. And it, it's just, it's a great movie. You you really should check it out. I'm sure, I, Greg. I'm positive you'll like it. And Omar, I'm fairly certain that you'll like it. Oh, I I I'm in from the get go. Like as soon as I saw it, I was I knew I was going to want to see it. It's it's a lot of fun, and I really loved the characters uh, played by uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Joey. Uh, no, oh, I'm sorry, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry, um, who play Tangerine and Lemon. They're two, they're two brother assassins, but they're, I mean, they're adopted. So Brian, you, what's that? Well, Brian Tyree Henry is the guy from, uh, the Expendables, not Expendables, uh, the Eternals, right? Yes. The, yes. He was. Yes. That he? is where yeah. I knew him from. Okay. Shit. He's the, I, the, I, the guy that built the table or whatever. He's yes. Fistus. It's from Ikea. Yeah. That guy. Um, he's, and he's, Aaron, awesome. he's great. Aaron Taylor Johnson. I've seen him before as well. I he's, think he was in. I think he was Angel in the X Men movies. Real Ice Man or something. He was Kick Ass. He was Dave Lizuski. Ah, uh, yeah. I never saw that. He, and he was in something else recently, which this is this is a podcast talking about what other people things have been. Well, he he's also going to be Craven, Craven the Hunter. No shit. That's an interesting casting, man. I really wanted someone like. An unknown, like, European guy. Like, I wanted someone that was, actually was Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like, some, like, crazy European dude that they just, like, you want to be in a movie? Uh, yes, let me kill this lion first. You mean, like, Dolph Lundgren before we knew who he was? That kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, he's, that's, well, he's also uh, Pietra. He's Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I love the interaction between the two of them. It, it, it's just really fun to watch and the everything that goes on during during this whole fiasco that is the bullet train um definitely definitely go see it you guys will love this movie okay and if we go see it that's more money to make more movies like that which yes yeah those movies are fun and they exist. and maybe once you guys go see it we can even revisit it and see what you think about it I'm game. Nice. Well, now I think we're going to talk about Sandman. Yes. And I was uh, very well. Well, let's do this first. Uh, Sandman. It is a Netflix show. It mm-hmm. uh, came out on August fifth, two thousand twenty-two, and uh, star- stars Tom Sturridge as Dream, Morpheus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Lots of names. Uh, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Patton Oswalt as a voice of Matthew the Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. 
damn it. Vivian yeah. Archimpong. <laughs> Ach- Achimpong. A-C-H-E-A-M-P-O-N-G. We'll go with that. Uh, oh, dear God. I hate everything. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Samurai Samunyai. Uh, Mason Alexander Park. And uh, there's a bunch of other people in this show as well. <laughs> David Thewlis, we know him. from. He's a, he's a Harry Potter person, isn't he? Yes. The yes, guy. yes. He's uh, Lupin. Professor Lupin. He's good in a lot of stuff. He's he's the werewolf. Awesome. Yeah, Rob. Rob. Um, next week, let's just watch only like Korean movies. <laughs> Make Greg read them all. Exactly, <laughs> and then not show up for the recording. And uh, Jenna Coleman. Jenna. Oh, one? Jenna Coleman. I loved. I want to see a show with Jenna Coleman. I want to see a show following her character Joanna Constantine. Yes, Constantine time. <laughs> I always called it Constantine. In the entire show, they called her Constantine. Yeah, if if, the, if I see it look spelled like that, I'm a, I would say Constantine as well. But but I want to see a show just with her character. I want her to get her own spinoff because I I was really I was really enraptured with the the episodes that had her in it, and I want to see more of what she does. I love yeah. the I'd, I'd I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I loved the movie with Keanu Reeves. Uh, oh, I did too. It was it was a fantastic. It was a great movie. Yeah, I think I think this kind of exists in its whole other thing. So, my personal experience with Sandman here, um, I I've never been like gothy. I don't think anyone would ever describe me as like this overly right. like dramatic goth person. Uh, but I loved the Sandman. I, like when I was reading, you know, comics, I read. And have most of the issues one way or the other. Um, I was, I like some of his books. He's a he's a very kind of poetic, different. He's a very British writer, Neil Gaiman, and that can be exhausting to read a large book of. But you know, I've read that. I've done the podcast. I've done all sorts of stuff with Sandman. So when they said there was going to be a show, I was like, oh boy. I have concerns because it seemed completely and utterly unfilmable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I don't even know the exact part, but. It was probably just the flight through dream, like the his kingdom, where they do that like swooping bird like shot. Mm-hmm. That or maybe the seance at the very beginning. That I was like, well, they got it, they figured it out. Because it's so far, I'm not even finished with it yet. Because I'm I'm really trying to not have it pass by that fast. So I think I'm only on episode six. Um, it's just been it's been beautiful. It's been awesome. Um, did you guys know anything about Sandman before watching? I did not. No. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but no, I don't. I didn't know anything about it either, other than I remember hearing about it back in the day when it was a comic. Yeah, so it's it was a comic. It was from Vertigo Comics, which was a subprint of DC for like adults. And the story was basically Sandman, who is the king of dreams, the king of sleep, whatever you want to call him. He gets kidnapped, and he's part of a family. So it's you know, dream, death, uh, who the other ones, despair. Desire. Is there a destiny? I don't remember if there's a destiny. Uh, who's the prodig- Who's the supposed prodigy that's missing? It might be destiny. And it's been, like I said, it's been a, a little bit of a while. It's, it was college that I read it, and then right after college. But anyway, so there's back in like the 1800s where everyone was obsessed with seances and spooky supernatural stuff. This guy decides to capture death with a seance, with a, uh, mystical thing a seance or right whatever they want to call some it. ritual yeah ritual there's the word 
and they try to capture Death, and they miss, basically, and grab Dream instead. Uh, bad things happen in the world as a result of no one Some – if you're asleep, some people stay to sleep forever. If you're awake, you might not have been able to sleep anymore. Um, any of the things that you would assume would happen that are bad if you can't sleep or if Dream is gone. Um, and that's kind of the basis of the story. And then – so there's this one ongoing story of of Dream getting out and trying to get all of his stuff back to build up the power again. Mm-hmm. And then there's, of course – some little stories where you either see the story of other characters that have some of his stuff or some of his family members that he's talking to, things like that. Um, and that's very similar to the comic. There might be a five-issue series that is an arc about something where every so often you see a couple pages of weird stuff happening, mm-hmm. and then they close that out in like a full issue. Like the, the diner sequence um, was kind of a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do they do the the serial convention in this particular? Yes, yes they so do. This, okay, which is great in the comic. Now, um, now for me, I mean this this show kind of felt like it was two two different seasons. the The first half of the show was him escaping and retrieving his equipment, and then the second half of the show was him basically reclaiming his king. Mm-hmm. So it, it really felt like two separate seasons while you're watching. And in fact, there was there was this even this point in the middle of it where he was like, "Now I don't know what to do." Blah 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 blah. And then and then uh, death, his sibling, um, basically put him back on the path, and then he was back to uh, reclaiming his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now death, the the sibling, uh, had had some fame beyond the comics. So one of the things that happened back in the day, I think it was like a seventy issue, seventy eight issue series, the original Sandman, but certain characters grew out of the the series um characters that we have seen in other media although in this show it is not related to the lucifer show that we know and love mm-hmm. um, but that lucifer character did grow out of this um and vertigo comics and uh there's something else too that we saw that also kind of came from this but um the Death character had its own, had her own uh, four issue series. I think it was called Death: The Time of Your Life. And yeah. Death is not what not. And this is going to come up later, obviously. But it's not the Grim Reaper, vicious killer. It's she's more hospice death, right? She's kind. And in the comics, she was this cute little goth girl. She's comforting to those that she to the souls yeah. that she ushers on. And you like I remember in high school seeing people wearing like shirts with her face on it all the time. She had like a little like, and I was just a pale white face with like an onk, and like they only showed parts of her face and just gave the significant. You know, you could see like one strand of hair hanging down or something. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know. It was it was very interesting. So I was I was very intrigued as how they were going to handle this. And as you texted me before I'd even seen death in the show and you're like, Oh, I loved, I loved the way they showed death. And I was like, okay. And then I got to that episode and I was like, this, that was a beautiful episode of television. It really was. It really was. That um, might've been one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. Yeah. And that was like midway through where they mm-hmm. show basically her yeah, guiding people. Um, and another weird thing about the show is I found myself caring about characters that were even on the screen for just like five minutes or so. Like, I I really I like worried and cared about the waitress. Yes, um, yes, like, I, I felt so bad for her. I was like, what? 
I mean, a couple of the others, I was like, man, fuck those people. But but she was one of the ones that I was like, yeah. the 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 woman that was driving him around too. Mm-hmm. Like I was really worried about her, not just because she's actually in Ted Lasso. She plays this a therapist in Ted Lasso. Oh. Um, ironically, a therapist in Ted Lasso that has like the most believable British accent ever because she's like true like British. Oh wow! And in this, she's not, which I thought was very weird. I had to look it up because she was also did a pretty decent non-British accent. Um, but I was very worried something bad was going to happen to her because she's great in really everything. But it's something that I don't feel a lot when I watch some of these streaming shows where I don't – where you're like, oh, here's a character. They're going to be cannon fodder. Or they're going to be you – know, they're just going to push the story forward by dying. And these were like – I was like legitimately like, oh, I was like checking. Like something bad going to happen to this? You're like, I was very concerned about the Raven as well, the other one. The, the first one or the second one? Uh, the first one. Oh, yeah. Nothing good happens to that Raven. <laughs> Jessamy? Yeah, Jesse. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I loved this show. Um, I how far have you gotten, Greg? You said you haven't finished it yet. I think I just finished the episode. The every hundred years, come back and see me. Oh, that's, I liked that's that episode, episode too. That was a great episode. That was so. That was kind of like I think what you said, like him trying to reclaim all of his stuff, and then they kind of do two episodes that just kind of spell out other characters in the world, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah, but but that episode also showed the because initially I didn't really like Sandman's character. He was he was kind of a a rigid um narcissistic uh god basically. Yeah. And and as the show goes on, he opens up a little bit and he starts to see that there's a little bit more and he it's not that it's not that it wasn't there before. He just kind of ignored it and pretended like it wasn't there or thought that he was better than everything else and didn't. And and oddly enough, one of my favorite characters was the one who opened him up and was like, look, it, just just stop and look around you. Listen to the people. Just listen. Like as she's taking him through that tavern where, where they met the guy, mm-hmm. she's like, because he tries to talk to her about business and shit. And she turns to him and she's like, Stop. Listen. Listen to the people. And just just watching his character grow and the the indignant way in which he responds to an offer of friendship. And it's like, really? Okay, that seems kind of stupid, but whatever. And then he moves past it. And it, it was it was nice to to watch that kind of character growth. Because I was worried that he was just going to remain the the very serious, you know, more reminded me a little bit of uh, Snape without the over enunciation of words. <laughs> Occasionally, that, when he, mm-hmm. when he would like talk about stuff, um, yeah, there was uh, a point with the, the oh that when when death is the character when mm-hmm. she was on screen. There's they're walking on that this long like wooden catwalk, and there's this happened a lot throughout the thing where she she's touching everything and looking at everything and they walk through a field and she's doing that thing where she runs her hand over the top of the uh yeah, to like and that's the character in the comic too where she wants to experience human life because she's not human right and it was very subtle and then i was like wow that's a really subtle way of doing because she's just 
with one finger, two fingers, just kind of touching the the railing as she's talking. And then she stops and she's like, you should take off your shoes. And you're like, oh, she wants to be more grounded. She's like, it's, I want to be grounded. I was like, they like, again, that's, that's definitely Neil Gaiman writing. He's, he's very subtle at certain things. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, by the way, if you didn't notice, this is what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like the part where she's talking about um, how she's like, I used to hate the fact that I had to do all of this alone. And then I realized I'm not alone. I'm yes. actually with, with the person that's dying. And I was like, wow. That was all in my favorite. That is my favorite episode. I have like that, like that. And I was like, I that was one of those like pause moments. I'm like, oh, that was, cause I was like, I was like, what's she going to say? Is she going to be like, oh, my family is with me or whatever. Then it occurred to me like, duh, obviously the person dying is with her. So I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about this. There's, there's been so much stuff we've watched already that when we kind of do our end of the year, this is the best of thing. I'm like, damn, like everything, everything everywhere. This, um, maybe Top Gun Maverick. Like there's been some Top performances this year that I'm like, geez, Bullet Train was really enjoyable. Yeah. It's been, it's been a pretty, I mean, a lot Stranger of Things. Reasons. Yep. Stranger Things can't both seasons or both parts of the season. Yeah. Um, so much good that came out this year. Yeah. Uh, what else do I have down here that I want to talk about? You have, um, how, how, how did you feel about Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer? Kind of thought it was pretty cool. She did a great job. I got to admit the, she, the, per, the, the casting they nailed 100% mm-hmm. is the androgynous, uh, desire. Desire. Yeah. Because in the comic, and this is back before. We we don't really talk about this kind of stuff. This is back before like there's anything about androgyny or trans or whatever. It was always like you know a, something that wasn't really discussed. But when I was well, reading it, I, was I like, mean, it wasn't before that because I'm trying to find the right wording. So that, I don't that came after David Bowie. Yeah, like I was trying to find the right wording where I didn't say accidentally say something offensive because I was I was kind of leaning like it was at times still scandalous if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, you know, something like Tu Wong Fu would come out and be like, oh, my God, do you believe that Patrick Swayze is dressing as a girl? Like that kind of stuff where if a star today did it, it would it wouldn't be as big a deal. But right. But that, I mean, that's the point of androgyny is that it's yeah. not you're not dressing as a girl. You're not dressing as a boy. You're just kind of dressing in between. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was interesting with desire, because that that person could be something someone that different sexes could desire. Which, I th- mm-hmm. which back in the comic, I was I was like, wow, that's really in, an ingenious way of showing it. Kind of two sides of the same coin, which – and I have not gotten too far into that character yet. In fact, the reveal of, of Desire's like little like glossy human-shaped base actually kind of freaked me out last night. That was like the last thing I saw before I went to bed. <laughs> oh, the, the all red on the inside? Like where they like zoom in and it's like – it looks at first like it's an actual person who's like shiny, but mm-hmm. then they like – there's like a hole in its chest and they go through it and, and he, and, and the insides are all like a glossy there. red. Yeah. There's just something about it that just was like very uncomforting. It could have been the, uh, the sleeping medication that I took three hours before, but Ooh, maybe <laughs> I was like, Ooh, can't wait for the next episode. Uh, highly, highly, highly suggest this. Yes. I, oh, I, what did you think? Did you like the, the wordplay? Of the battle with Lucifer, that's like totally up your alley. The oh the the transformation whatever. Like I am a a supernova. I am a buffalo. Yeah, I am. I, I thought it was weird. 
That's very. That's also very. That's like. I think it's word for word right out of the comic. I I thought the way it ended was kind of like okay. I'm Whatever. like I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know if I knew it was going to happen because I've read it, or if because that's what I would have guessed like, that they were going to end it with. Because up until that point, they were all like actual physical things. And then he's like, well, I'm a concept. You can't kill a concept. I'm like, really? But if there's no one to think about the concept. Right. Doesn't it go away? Exactly. Yes. If you've destroyed the universe, there is no one left to hope. Ergo, there is no hope. There's one last little bacteria that's like, I hope. (laughs) Yeah. So. I'm like, "Uh, okay, I I don't know that I follow that logic. They could have gone somewhere else with that, but yeah. Definitely. I mean, it was interesting the way they showed it. Like, the special effects involved were, were kind of neat and fun, but mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah I, I thought that battle was kind of cheap. And and honestly, the, the other thing I thought was really kind of cool was the, I mentioned it briefly before, the going through the different ages every hundred years. And yeah, that was neat. This, the like the pub and then the, the next thing where the dropping. pub is still kind of the same but the guy's like i can blow my nose on a piece of cloth now and we have running water or whatever it was yeah and they did a couple of name droppings throughout the centuries did yes. you catch that uh shakespeare obviously uh-huh and the other one i don't remember right now but I it know was um a uh, kit um oh god what era was it uh, I think it was the, was it the 1600s or the 1500s? Well, because when they, that... when they first came in in the 1300s, did you catch who was in there then? Mm-mm. It was Geoffrey Chaucer. Oh. Writing the Canterbury Tales. Okay, so it was Chaucer. Shakespeare was there. I think, mm-hmm. I thought that they very strongly hinted at the, the, the Jack the Ripper. The guy who wrote the story of Faustus. Dante? Omar, do you know who oh. that is? I think he's uh, busy doing his list and not listening because he hasn't watched the show yet. Oh, my God. Patrons, what but, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, they, they had... Uh, who wrote Faust? Just kidding. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Look it up, please. Will do. Yeah. Either way, uh, anything else you have to say about Sandman? watch the hell out of it yes absolutely watch it again and again and again because i want season two um the stories in the book only get better and better and there's i don't know where they stop but the culmination of the series um he sticks the landing so to speak and what is shown on the screen is uh or in the comic would be beautiful on a screen um for lack of a better description. Um, Faust was originally so, written by I, Christopher Marlowe. That's it. 1604. Published in 1604. Kit Marlowe. Thank you. <clears throat> um, oh, good. My, my question is, is how much more material is there? Can they do a season two? I, I don't know where they end, so I'll let you know. Oh, I well. think... All right, then. I think this is just, from what I'm guessing, it's probably just the first two graphic novels, and that's about 10 issues out of 78 or 79 or something like that. 
because there's, I think it's called the Season of the Mist or Season of Mists or something. It's like the first series. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look it up. But we have to talk about Prey now. We do. And now is the time on the Give Me Five podcast when we pray. Hmm. Interesting. On Omar. Prey um, was, okay, I can't even. Prey was amazing. I'm waiting for my screen to load. Um, Prey just came out, and I mean just came out. Eight five twenty two just came out now. Yeah, all of this stuff came out this past weekend. This past weekend was really busy. There was a lot of shit that came out, this and weekend. so much quality stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was directed by Dan Trachtenberg. Who? Where did you go? Why is my screen doing what it's doing? This is very frustrating. Um, by Dan. Come on. Oh my God! He also did a uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, and uh, he did some episodes of The Boys in Black Mirror. Correct. Thank you. Um, starring. I don't know if you guys maybe know other things that she's been in, but um, Amber Midthunder plays the protagonist Nehru. I hope she becomes a superstar, <laughs> like major movie actor, because she's so awesome. She's she's been in several things. Okay. Um. But I don't know that any of it is uh, like mainstream. Like she was in that movie, The Ice Road, that I talked about a while ago. Okay. Oh, and um, you, I do. If I recall correctly, now that I think about it, you did mention her when you mentioned yes, that movie. You said Antu- that she was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, so Amber Midthunder is the protagonist named Nero. Her brother Dakota Beavers is Tabe. Um, Dane Deliegro, Stormy Kip. Michelle Thrush, Julian Black, Antelope, Stephanie Matias, Bennett Taylor, Mike Patterson, uh, Nelson Lease, Tymon Carter, Sky Pelletier. Uh, that's I stopped there. There's a lot. It's a pretty big cast, even though most of the time it only focuses on a few people. Um, the synopsis is that this is essentially the origin story of the Predator, and it takes place in the world of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Um, Naru is a skilled female warrior. She fights to protect her tribe against one of the first highly evolved predators to land on Earth. Um, when I first heard about this, you guys maybe feel the same. I, my thought was, how, how are they going to do this? I mean, the disparity between the technology that the predator has and what they have is just... its it, I mean, there's no... It's its the gap is yeah. so huge it's like it's it's you can't bridge that gap um the movie was absolutely amazing from start to finish i thought it was completely engrossing completely engaging um i loved that it was such a great twist on the predator versus prey dynamic after the predator lands he starts to slowly go through like they show different shots of like the ecosystem. So like the first time you see um, that predator, like that, that heat vision that he has, a snake kills a mouse. And only after he kills the mouse does the predator kill the snake and then skins it and takes its, you know, spinal cord and like what he does, like, you know, as a trophy. Mm-hmm. And then later on, there's like a wolf hunting a wild hare. And and you see it again with the the heat vision or whatever and then 
once the predator sees which one's the predator and the prey, he attacks the wolf, whatever. And it's kind of cool. I never really thought of it that way. Um, but he, he doesn't just go right for people. He's sort of start, he, he's sort of looking, waiting to see what is a predator because I guess for the whole point for them is they're supposed to fight the most powerful things. That's the whole point of him coming here. Haha, <laughs> y'all are going to die. I'm going to be fine because I'm a big pussy. <laughs> well, it was just so, it's so, it was so interesting because from the, even from the movie Predator and now it's called Prey, but halfway through the movie, when things really start rolling, it's very interesting because it's like, there's a, there's a backstory where the characters have to go through this um, process of like becoming adults and becoming hunters where you have to hunt something that's hunting you. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's such a twist on the predator prey dynamic. Like even the name of the movie is prey. And then after a while you're like, well shit, who's the prey at this point? <laughs> like it gets, because it they do, they do such a good job and it's never, it's never unclear. It's never overly, um, philosophical or whatever but it's it's just very very well done and and it's a story that keeps going it never stops um the one of the great scenes that i thought was very cool um when she steps into the mud bog like the quicksand Mm -hmm. and it's so cool how they show how clever she is because she took one of her she took a weapon that she had this like little axe and tomahawk. the little tomahawk, right? And she early on uses it and realizes that having to go get it out of like a piece of wood or whatever, it's it's impractical. So she ties a string to it. And if she hadn't have done that, she would have completely sank into the mud bog and disappeared forever, and nobody would have ever known what happened to her. And her and that dude's horse. <clears throat> Rest in peace. Correct. Right. Um, what was that? Crawl. What's that? What was that movie where the horse like becomes sad? Oh, 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 oh! The horse. I'm sorry. Um, uh, never, never ending story. Never ending story. Yeah, yeah. Um, depressing yeah. scene. That's like a classic '80s. It was sucked to be a kid <laughs> scene. <laughs> um, I really loved like the historical stuff that they did. Um, the Comanche were super, super, like they were the most kick-ass warriors of the 1800s. Uh, late 17 and early 1800s. They kind of came... I, this summer, as a matter of fact, um, Teresa and I read this book called Empire of the Summer Moon about the Comanches, an actual historical like book. It's not a novel. Which chapter covers their uh, dalliances with the Predator? Uh, chapter 7. Yeah. Okay. Um, they don't call him the Predator, but you know, you get it. You get the point. It's veiled. Um, but they talk about how the the Comanche were kind of they they were a tribe that had been around for a thousand years and they just sort of came out of the northern plains and once they got a hold of um once horses were brought to the, Amer- the to the americas um and especially like um rifles and 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 weapons like that the comanches were unstoppable they could at a full gallop they could shoot you from whatever hundreds of yards away um and it's interesting in this in the movie, they show when they when they meet the French the trappers, uh, they show how she's one of the first people ever to get a a European weapon when she gets the pistol. Um, so it was kind of cool how they actually had some interesting like historical things in there 
um, sort of integrated into the story. Um, the other thing that I thought was, was, oh, super funny scene. When the trappers are fighting, they try to trap the pr- uh, predator. Mm-hmm. And he's coming at them. And there's like four or five of them. And they like empty their rifles into him. And they're like, ah, they think that he's gonna, and he, and he barely like gets, gets hurt at all. And they're like, and nothing happens. And he just stands there staring at them. <laughs> and then they quickly start having to reload their guns. But it's like those single shot guns. Or their their muskets, muskets yeah. where you have to like pour the, the powder in and like put the, the, the pellet in. And they start quickly, like ridiculously. It's just so asinine. They're like quickly trying to like jam their pellets into the musket. And of course, they never even have a chance. But it's just, it's so funny. I thought that was such a funny scene. Um, mm-hmm. the, everything about this movie was great. I thought the pacing was fantastic. I thought that um, the acting was really, really great. They do use a little bit of what seems to be actual Comanche a little bit in the, in the movie. Um, I like that the French trappers that they find actually are speaking French. It adds to the sort of confusion of the situation where you, you don't even know what they're saying. I mean, it's translated, but... Um, those French trappers were so like realistic looking. They really were. Like, I'm not entirely sure that they didn't go back in time and grab actual <laughs> French trappers. Um, what did you guys think? I mean, I, I loved it. I thought it was one of the best movies I've seen in you know in recent memory. So I've, I've been taking notes as you've been talking because you've touched on a few things. Um, I loved it. Um, I think that they've tried and failed many times to bring back the Predator with the same amount of awesomeness as they did when the first one came out. And there's been, you mentioned it, Rob, the Predators mm-hmm. was actually pretty decent and probably the only other decent one Yeah, that doesn't have some cringeworthy scenes. And I, this is not saying that some of them aren't remarkably entertaining because there are some that are entertaining, but they're not good. Right. Uh, Predators, I believe, is also um, either on Hulu or Netflix or something like that. It had like trended after like halfway through the weekend. So people, yeah. I think, went back and watched it. Yeah, I, I, I saw it on the list, too. Um, so I thought that was good. Um, I was super excited about this, and it was as good as the trailer made it seem. So that was very, I didn't, I was hoping it wasn't going to be a bait and switch, where it was like, starts off like you see in the trailer, and then all of a sudden it becomes a dumb action movie. But it didn't, it was great the whole way through. Um, starts out as a dinosaur movie and becomes Star Wars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's the one DVD case I actually saved, by the way. When I was nice. taking them. I could not get rid of your. <laughs> um, so that was one thing. The pistol that you mentioned that was given to her, uh, that pistol you actually see in past. Well, it's technically future from that, but past movies that were actually made. Uh, you actually see that pistol in Predator 2. So I'm really? not sure if. Yeah, so at the end of it, oh, remember, right. um, as Danny Glover, Danny Glover gets given a gun. Mm-hmm. And it has an etching on it. That's the weapon. Holy shit. That oh, no given, shit. So, so that does tie in. Um, that also means that bad things happen to that tribe at some point for, for the Predators to get that gun back. Well, yeah, I mean. It was 300 it, years ago. So And, and it was Native Americans. And the, yeah, I would say bad things happened to all of them, not just the Comanche. Correct. Correct. That is Real true. quick point. Um that I forgot to mention, I thought it was very cool that since it was 300 years ago, you know, he's the predator and he still got, he still has that, that advanced technology. 
but it but it's it seemed to me like it was just a little bit behind the technology that he has in the further in like the newer movies. Yeah. Like the mask seemed more like it was made Correct. of Correct. Yeah. Well, but that I mean that being said um I I think that I feel like that was more of a stylistic choice as opposed to a technology choice simply because they still had freaking space flight. I mean, they they still had intergalactic travel. Um he still had all the high-tech weapons. He had he had the net that like spread out and slowly melted right. through everything that it That was great. Awesome. That that whole kill sequence was fantastic. And and that brings up one of my problems with this movie. There is, I I love the movie. Love the movie, don't get me wrong. But there is no reason that an invisible enemy 300 years ago wouldn't have just run roughshod over That's, everyone. I, I, I agree with that. He should, it should never have even been a question. It, it I mean, the, the idea that, that a Comanche tribe, much less a single warrior or a party full of trappers, which he goes through fairly easily, by the way, um, the idea that any of that could have could have stopped him is laughable. He, sh- especially in the in the scenes where he's like jumping through the fog filled forest that nobody can see anything, and they're all like just shooting at him, and it's like, okay, and they they all shot at him. He blocked all of their bullets miraculously, and and kills everybody. Yet he he falls victim to this one. To this one uh, Comanche female warrior and her brother. It's like uh, I it, that that was kind of where the believability left for me a little bit. See, and I was worried about that going in, but they showed him take quite a bit of damage throughout the movie. They they did they did, but it was the, still the wolf. The it was still stupid. Just be I mean, yes, they showed it, and he he's a terrible predator. <laughs> um. Yeah, he was definitely like, I don't know, like, yeah, that's my uncle's cousin's niece. Uh, we don't talk about him from that side of the family. <laughs> Let's just send him to the blue planet. Yeah, exactly. It they'll they'll be my easy wife told there. me to hire him. The, they'll be easy there. He can stumble all over himself and still get a kill. Um, <laughs> because th- that's essentially what we were dealing with, and and it just the the believability in that aspect was really lacking. And I had I had trouble separating that from the movie, but once you are able to separate that, the movie's the movie's pretty enjoyable. Well, I, th- I thought um, they did a good job. I have of a predator explaining. question. Oh, good. I, th- I thought they did a good job of explaining some of the stuff, like the way that she figured out how to sort of be invisible to him. Yeah, and and that's one of my other issues. Here, eat this flower, and it instantly lowers your body temperature to make it look like you're dead. <laughs> And of course, that wasn't the that's reason. Back. Oh no, that was a callback to the mud, right? Correct. Yeah, and and that's how, and that's how your body heals is by is by suppressing your circulation and your body heat. Guess what? That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. That's that's not how that works. You need to increase circulation, and in fact, your body raises its temperature so that it can fight invading organisms. Well, that's I was why told your body gets by one of fever when you get sick. That's funny. I was told by one of those doctors that you see at one a.m. on television that if I give him fourteen ninety nine, I can get a flower supplement that lowers my body temperature, allowing 
myself to heal. Yeah. Yeah. No. What do you say to that, Rob? Huh? No, that's yeah. Th- no. <laughs> yeah, I don't see you with a television show on at one in the morning. <laughs> so I mean, it, so th- there was that. But even that, I mean, the fact that she just put it in his mouth and like instantly, oh hey, my blood pressure or my 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 body temperature just dropped. That's like, true. Thirty yeah. degrees. Dude, I'm if that like, thing existed, twenty seconds in Florida. <laughs> yeah, in Florida in the summer. If I had that flower, I'd be like, "That's all I would eat." Bring it on. Yeah, I. Yeah. So, do like, Do we know oh. predator lore here? Do like I don't. I'm at this is like a legit question. I like I don't. Other than the movies, I don't really know no, much else either. about no. predators. To what? Um, I don't picture the predators as the people that make all of the weapons and spaceships because looking at them, they they look like. They're not going to be sitting around with soldering irons, like, you know, building stuff. Oh, that's a good point. Like, I, is there, Are there different levels of Predator where there's, like, you know, Predator nerds I, that, like, I do stuff? Think, I think that they are an, an evolved society in that they do have a lot of technology that they do create themselves. However, they are a... a mate- militaristic or a, a warrior um, culture uh warlike society i mean think think kind of like klingons that's exactly what i was gonna say that's so funny yeah Th- think kind of like klingons so they they do develop their own technology they do have but a lot of their place in their society i believe is derived from their battle prowess gotcha apparently their um their alien type is a yatja y-a-u-t-j-a oh okay I am if, so. If any listeners out there are aware of like the predator cast system, I kind of want to know because yeah. I like totally want to see like a little nerdy predator. It's like right in, you, yeah, like like Q from James Bond, where he's like, "Damn it, you broke your spear again." <laughs> <laughs> that was very good pronunciation. I mean, but by the way. that was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. But even, I mean, but the, all that technology, and he still gets his ass kicked. I mean, it's, I'm like, mm. uh, He was much better off dying than having to go home and explain to the rest of his yeah. people. Where's your arm? <laughs> <laughs> where's your Where's your helmet? You let a silly human take your helmet? I'll be in my room. You are shame. talk about it. So, uh, speaking of the helmet, so that, that was totally telegraphed. Uh, and I thought it was okay, like this thing where, of course, the laser, wherever the lasers are pointed, the the bullets are going to go. Yeah, the so. laser side, the laser tracking or whatever. So she is able to trap. She like steals the helmet, and is able to like basically set up a trap where it aims. She, he shoots and it aims at him, which is fine. I because it was so telegraphed, I kind of didn't want it to be the last like kill shot. Does that make sense? Like I kind of wanted it to be like the thing that weakens him, so that she could do the last kill shot with her own. Because it kind of, like, hits him, and then he just, like, slumps over. And it's like... Like, I kind of knew how it was going to end. Because of the, the mud pit scene and that. But it was still great. Mm-hmm. I thought that... Yeah. I thought that with the way that they presented each thing and the and the way that the... Uh, the way that the movie unfolded. I... You know, the suspension of belief is, is already... To me, it's already there. And I get why, Rob, you would be annoyed by some of that. Especially the medical stuff. Totally get it. I mean, that makes sense. Well, and... And that scene where the, the guy pulls her down into the tall into the tall grass as, as he's, like, stalking the predator. 
And the Predator lines up his shot on his forehead, moves it to his chest, and then just kind of sits there and, like, never shoots. <laughs> and I'm like... Where she's like, he's hunting us. Yeah. But he had that shot lined up for a good 15 seconds and never shot. I'm like, why? What kind of predator are you? He should be shish kebab. He's savoring his prey. Exactly. No? My cousin predator. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So anything else you have to say about prey? It, it was an enjoyable movie. It was fun. If if you like uh, those those type of movies, if you like the action flick or the the little sci fi action, you you'd want to check it out. It's a it's a decent. Yeah. Did, did you point at the screen when when they said if it bleeds we can kill it? Did you like the Did you do the um, Leonardo DiCaprio meme point? Like oh he said the oh, thing. He said it. Or the the Peter Griffin. Yeah. Where they say uh, the title of the movie in the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't do that because I'm a Family Guy. Oh, he said it. Oh. <laughs> I have an indecent proposal. Oh, he said the name of the movie! (laughs) There's a Simpsons meme about that, too. Like, like say it, and all the kids are, like, looking at Bart. I think it's, uh, eat my shorts or whatever. Cowabunga. I don't think I've ever seen that one. Yeah. It's him sitting at his desk, and all of, like, the students are, like, around him in, like, a big circle, like, say it, say the (laughs) thing. (laughs) Say the thing! It was from an old episode. Okay, so that was Prey. Mm Mm-hmm. Now... It is time for the namesake of our podcast. It's the What is in Omar's Pants podcast. No, that's not right. It is the Give Me Five podcast. So we have Oh, he said me- it! <laughs> what is in Omar's Pants? Five things that are in Omar's Pants right now. Um, now, this is uh, the Give Me Five podcast. We do a top five list every week. And uh, this week, Give Me Five podcast was provided by Rob. And yeah. so I'm going to let him uh, say it, so to speak. So um, when I was watching The Sandman, I very much enjoyed the portrayal of death in The Sandman movie. And that got me thinking as to the other iterations of death that we've seen in other various shows, movies, video games, whatever. So I put the question out there. What are your top five favorite portrayals of quote-unquote, death slash the Grim Reaper in in media, uh, whether it be movies, TVs, video games. Uh, uh, we opened it up and said that everything was pretty much fair game. So um, I did a little bit of research on this. I, I did specifically for my list use personifications of death, which is kind of the same thing, but portrayals could also be like everything just turning white and you dying, you know? Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit more per, um, personifica- or personifications, yeah. Uh, I did find a little bit of information about the Grim Reaper. And do you guys know when the Grim Reaper was like first the, a, the idea of a skeletal figure with a hood as being like a Reaper where, where that came from. It's mo- that's mostly obvious, but it was the middle know. ages, wasn't it? The 1300s. Huh, okay. Yep. So the image of the Grim Reaper is a skeletal figure wearing a black hooded robe. This is by the way from creepycatalog.com. And carrying a scythe is thought to originate in Europe during the 1300s, with the Black Death killing millions of people in the 14th century. The idea of a soul-harvesting figure creeped into everyone's minds. Uh, the image of a scythe-reeling skeleton actually stuck, though, and carried around the world. Uh, much later, though, 
the actual name Grim Reaper was first used um, in a book called uh, The Circle of Human Life, which came out in 1847. That's where the Grim Reaper came from. And uh, the first time you saw it in film was uh, uh, in the movie The Phantom Carriage in 1921. I don't know if you guys ran into that at some point. Mm -mm. Mm. No, I did not. But I did run into a movie that I wanted to see when doing all this. Cemetery Man. Did you see that that Grim Reaper when looking for research? Oh, yeah. The big skeleton, like, with the wing, like, the yep. kind of scarecrow-looking wings. In the cemetery. Yep. It looks awesome. <laughs> so I got to see that. Um, so I guess uh, let's do Alec first. Ooh, go, Alec, go. Something I should have said when I had it queued up. There we go. Hey, give me five podcasts, top five uh, depictions of the Grim Reaper. Um, honorable mention goes to Brad Pitt and meet Joe Black, just so you can see the scene where he gets uh, killed in it. That's before it actually becomes death, so it, he's not really a great death, but that death is great. So anyway, <laughs> uh, number five, The Frighteners. I remember seeing this in the movies when I was like 16, and I thought that it was pretty scary at the time. That was Peter Jackson's uh, movie right before he did Lord of the Rings, I think. Anyway, um the Reaper, I think, is really just Jake Busey as a bad guy, but it's still pretty damn scary. Uh, at least it was at the time. Uh, number four, Final Destination. I'll be honest and say I only saw like the first two of those, but I thought that was a pretty good representation of death coming for you. Number three, there was an episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson takes over the job of uh, Grim Reaper, and it's pretty funny. I think it was like a treehouse of horror episode. Number two, you know, I'm a big Arnold fan, so I'm going for the last action here when Max von Sydow plays the um, uh, death. He comes off the screen at the seventh seal and, uh, you know, follows everybody around. It's pretty cool. And then number one is my favorite uh, death in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, uh, William Sadler. I thought he was great in that. Whenever I think of the Grim Reaper on, on the film, that's actually what I think of. So hope you like the list. Thanks. Bye. My uh, people on the internet failed me because I could not find De Mervund Me as a – just in YouTube. Like I wanted a channel, a YouTube video of that line like 400 times in a row so I could steal it, but couldn't find it. I, I do have a correction. Okay. Oh. And I, I don't normally do this for Alec, but Alec, that was not Max von Sydow. That was Sir Ian McKellen. Oh. That's true. Max von Sydow, however, is in the Seventh Seal. He is. And Star Wars. He did. Yes. Lore Santeca. And then he died in real life. He did. I guess I'll go now after bumming everyone out. <laughs> uh, I've got. I went more with the personifications, like I said, um, but two things I really wanted to talk about. Uh, Six Feet Under was was a show around the same time as The Sopranos. It was kind of when HBO was really getting their footing on scripted TV. And uh, Six Feet Under had a really great way of portraying the death. And I actually, I think about like when Rob talks about like true crime stuff with this, where when the death happens, it's not about the death so much as they show that person's life. At the end versus, you know, like in true crime, showing the victims with respect and not showing the murderers, criminals as heroes. Um, 
So six feet under the whole show, just every time they showed a death. That's kind of one of my um, ones that didn't quite make the list. And uh, also uh, death in the Infinity Gauntlet comic, mm-hmm. which probably could have moved up. But Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet comic versus the movies, Thanos was in love with death and wanted to please her. That's why he did his thing other than like the thing in the movies where it was all about like resources and universe or something yeah so that death which looks like a typical grim reaper but and occasionally looks like a non-skeletal woman uh meet joe black is my number five uh mostly just because of the way he eats peanut butter and i haven't been able to get my gif extra crunchy peanut butter in like six months and now i'm angry my bad uh that was your GIF arriving, actually. That'd be nice, but no, it is GIF, GIF Extra Crunchy has not been available. Send it to the Give Me Five podcast, care of Greg. <laughs> and I will send you videos of me eating the the, peanut, the, crunch, the crunchy peanut butter, however you want me to eat it. Uh, that's a bad wow. idea, by the way. <laughs> 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 Rob's just going to, I hear like Rob just hang, put his microphone down and drive off. <laughs> I will find his peanut butter. I am going to find your GIF Extra Crunchy. <laughs> Uh, number four, death from Monty Python and the meaning of life. The giant death that is yeah. huge and over the top and no one can understand him. And they, he gets frustrated with the di- the dinner party. Uh, that's number four. Uh, Bill and Ted's death is number uh, three. And I usually don't do this when we actually talk about an episode just because it's so fresh in my mind that it, it gives it an unfair advantage. But number two is going to be the death from Sandman. And that's either the comic or the the show, but specifically the show. It was so well done. And, you know, maybe that's the way I'll go. A nice woman will come and talk to me. And uh, the ver- one of the very first ones ever was from the Seventh Seal. That is the, the death playing chess kind of idea against Max Vencido. Mm. And uh, it's like you've all I'm, most people have seen that scene of the black and white image of the pale faced dude with like the black cloaks standing mm-hmm. near i think it's near an ocean or yeah. sea or bay or something um just a famous shot and it was one of the first personifications of death so i think that that brought it to the top for me and that that was actually if i'm not mistaken one of the first instances where somebody challenges death for you know in exchange for their life mm-hmm. And, you know, challenges death to a game or whatever. In, the, in this instance, it was chess, but it happens in like, like in Bill and Ted, they challenged him to Twister and various other things. Um, but that, that is that's terrible at board games. Yeah, that that's that's an ongoing thing. And that actually started back in the 1400s uh, from a famous painting, uh, Chess with Death by Albertus Pictor. Ooh. It, it was in the, like the late 1480s, I believe. We've dropped so much knowledge. This episode that we might actually be able to like get a write off for like being educational material. And a little bit more knowledge for you. Jif Extra Crunchy 40 ounce jars on Walmart.com for six seventy eight. What? Interesting. Interesting. Guess I have to look I did I was at Walmart the other day. Okay. That's delicious. This episode is brought to you by Jif Extra Crunchy Peanut Butter. <laughs> the only way to enjoy peanut butter and anyone else that says differently is wrong. It's okay to be wrong, but just stand there in your wrongness. Yeah. Well, I enjoy a delicious, crunchy <laughs> peanut butter sandwich. And actually, that that may not be true because it says check availability nearby, and there is no availability nearby, so it doesn't look like you can even order it. Huh. 
Oh, interesting. So, who's next? Hello, Omar. All right, I have. Do I it. have a. Um, I have an honorable mention. Um, it's another Neil Gaiman. Uh, product, uh, called Good Omens, which was amazing. The book, and the 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 the. I think it was on uh, Amazon. They made like a little six-part series about yeah. the book. And there's a second season coming soon. Ooh, is there? That's fantastic. Yeah. The 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 show was very, very, like, it matched the book very, very well. Um, there's a little part where you see death voiced by Brian Cox, and I wanted to throw that in. It's it's very small, but I just had to throw it in because I love that, that, that show and book so much. And since it's a Neil Gaiman night, I figured I'd throw it in there. My number five for death is from Family Guy. He, uh, he appears every mm. now and then, and he's hilarious. Number four, um, Bill and Ted. All right. All right. That's classic. Number three, I also went with Monty Python. Um, number two. This movie was already touched upon, or these movies, but they, I, I, and I, like Alec, I think I saw maybe two, I don't know that I saw three of them out of five or six, but the Final Destination movies really stick with you. <laughs> like, they really, some of the things that... I will never drive behind a truck full of exactly. rebar again. Exactly. Or uh, the scene with the tanning bed, or the airplane, like, there's just so many things, right? But I thought that was really, really Garbage good. Garbage disposal. Um, my number one, I went... <clears throat> I may have cheated a little bit, but I don't think so because I think it's a good representation. Um, there's a character in the Stephen King books that um, sort of transcends, like, throughout the Stephen King universes, you'll see him appear in different things. And he's also the main antagonist in The Stand. He's known as the Man in Black. And... Wherever he goes, I mean, he just brings death. That's just what he does. Like, he just ruins and destroys and kills and and possesses people and things like that. And I always thought he was such a great, great representation. And, and he's... In, in our world, we like to call that Jubal. Ju- <laughs> hmm. <laughs> he must be stopped. Um, so I, I thought that was really good, and I thought that it was... I, I love how that character is used throughout the um the Stephen King universe um and he he even makes it makes appearances in different books and things like that different time periods so that's my number 1 the the man in black from the Stephen King stories nice okay so the peanut butter situation there was a recall in June mm. so June 22nd there was a recall for most Jif peanut butter products uh, June 10th sorry 2022 uh, more than a dozen products using Jif have been recalled due to a salmonella outbreak I'm here to say I'll take the risk. And I'm here to say I blame Jubals. So there's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say I'm going to find you some, oh. Jeff. I have concerns. Yeah. You wanted the risk. And I'm going to watch out of you here. take that risk. <laughs> he's going to get it. He's going to risk away, buddy. <laughs> There'll be a film crew and some peanut butter at my doorstep. <laughs> like, what the hell? <clears throat> yep. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that leaves me. So I'll go ahead and give you my five favorite Grim Reapers or personific- or portrayals of death. 
Um, at number five, I do have the seventh seal. Uh, very, very iconic presentation of the Grim Reaper slash death. So I had to include that on there. Uh, we've already discussed that. At number four, I had to laugh because she, this is not something that comes up a lot, but we actually already mentioned this movie tonight. Because my number four is actually the nothing. Oh, yeah. From the never-ending yeah. story. Uh-huh. And, and I always viewed the nothing as kind of like an all-consuming death. Yeah, that's a good one. My number three is going to be one of the few times that I've actually seen a a property separate the idea of death and the Grim Reaper. And that's Supernatural. Because in Supernatural, they actually have a character for death. There is a character who, you know, there's a guy who plays the character of death, but death has hundreds or even thousands of quote unquote reapers that basically work for him and ferry the souls. Death is kind of like the big boss, the head honcho. I like that idea. Interesting. Um, so that's my number three. My number two is... You know I love it because it's goofy and stupid, but Family Guy. Family uh, yeah. Guy's Family Guy's death is, I think, hilarious. Where he just touches people and like he'll accidentally touch people and they just die. Whoops! Then <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of like shovel them under a carpet. That was like, my wife's. That was my wife's choice, by the way. Family Guy. Family Guy death. Yeah, so good. Nice. But my number one has to be the the show that we just talked about tonight, Sandman. I loved the portrayal of death in the Sandman series. That's, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really well done, well written, et cetera, et cetera. Take us out of here, Rob. Isn't it Omar? Is it me? Oh, yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, it's fine. Dude, someone take us out of here because we're okay. going long because we get to talk about that. Scroll down. Scrolling. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> you can uh, find us at give me five podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the give me five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod, or you can email us directly. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. And remember guys, that's spelled out F I V E, not the number five. Yeah. Or you could go on our Amazon page and uh, order me some Jif extra crunchy peanut butter. Ooh, there you go. You can, you can also go to our, our uh, threadless page and get you some of that sweet give me five podcast merchandise and then i'm actually wearing a shirt right now and then greg can get his own damn peanut butter see you. <laughs> get your own damn peanut butter greg so that'll do it for tonight remember guys like i always say that's one small step for man one wait did my dog just shit on the carpet <laughs> I think, yeah, definitely. Just don't step in it.